high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. A very happy Wednesday for you all. You made it halfway through the week. Congratulations. I'm Audrey Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. 1069thefan.com is where we stream. Our podcast platform is on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. Just type in the Full Court Press, Eric, say my name, and you'll be able to get all of our content, past episodes, bonus material, which includes press conferences, uh, post-game shows, and such. Uh, you can also find that on our podcast. Grateful to have you here. I'm Audrey Salveson. Again, Eric Franson is gone, not dead, alive, but not forgotten. He'll be with us on Friday, so he's off today and tomorrow. Uh... Hopefully he's doing all right. I really heard from him. Actually, no way. I texted him last night, and uh, it was a very brief conversation. He sounded like he was busy at a club. Okay, I don't even know if that's true. I might be making that up. But he sounded like he was busy. Uh, so he'll be, again, he'll be with us on Friday. Uh, and uh, some time to talk Boise State, Utah State uh, basketball. As the Aggies get ready for the Broncos on Saturday night. In a uh, in a big one where the Broncos are right now eight and one extra mile arena, they're one and five on the road. On Friday, we'll also have our presser, and we're hoping to have our in the know with BJ Reigns, who uh, is an AP voter in the top twenty five for men's basketball. Uh, we're working on setting up a time we'll meet to to talk with him, and to uh, whether it'll be live or pre recorded, we'll try and get that done and and get you the audio for our show. Uh, a busy one today. We'll talk Utah Jazz basketball. Of course, they get a win over the Nets. Make it 10 straight for these Utah Jazz. They are 18-0 versus teams under 500. That is impressive for this team. Look, and, and we talked about winning streaks under 10, or I mean winning streaks right now. People are trying to uh, uh, smudge this streak with reasons that we'll get into, and I'm going to debunk those reasons immediately uh, as we do get into that. Adam, the intern, joins me here on the Full Court Press as well. Adam's in uh, in the studio. Gabby actually was helping out with some stuff as well. Gabby has uh, decided to go home and not listen to our show. There's a pretty good possibility, right? Oh, you know, it happens. Yeah, dude, okay, so you tell me this. Do You li- You probably don't even listen to our show. What are you talking about? I listen to your show all the time. Okay, time out. So yesterday you were shoveling snow, right? Well, yeah, I was busy. Work. Yeah. But I- did you listen to our show? No. I was busy keeping people safe up at Utah State. You could not put in some headphones, and, and well, you don't have a cell phone. We just discussed this. Yeah. I have an iPod Nano, though, but I forgot my earbuds. Wow, it's 2006 all over again. Yeah, That's I know, wonderful. Right? Dude, that thing's awesome. I've dropped it so many times, not even a scratch. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Yeah, okay. We got that taken care of. Uh, but I mean, okay, but you're in your car. You don't tune us on, right? I mean, well, I wasn't really driving around. I was, I was in the passenger seat. My boss was driving me around and he listens to country. So I didn't really have a say on the radio. We got to talk to your boss. I mean, you can, I like my job. Do you? Yeah. You're you're okay with shoveling. Actually, shoveling snow is great. It's actually great exercise. Yeah. That's what I've been told. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we'll also get into some Region 11 basketball. Big uh, big region night tonight. More of a kind of a cupcake game, if you will, um, with Skyview and uh, playing, uh, I believe it's uh, Logan or Mountain Crest tonight. Yeah, it's Logan. And then uh, Green Canyon's playing Mountain Crest. Mountain Crest and Logan are obviously really struggling. Skyview is on a roll right now. Green Canyon got served a piece of humble pie after getting just thumped. 
by Ridgeline by 20. Um, so we'll, we'll get into all that with a special guest who will be joining us at about 4.30. Uh, and then in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll get into some some Pro Football Hall of Fame talk. They've announced the uh, uh, the uh, inductees into the Hall of Fame. Who got snubbed? Who's been rewarded? And, and a really cool thing that the NFL did. Uh, I know it was on Sunday and Saturday, but a really cool thing that the NFL did in announcing two very worthy candidates to the Hall of Fame. We'll get into that more during the 5 o'clock hour. Um, here on the full court press, but let uh, you know first of all, let's let, of course let's lead off with without a doubt Utah Jazz basketball um, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, playing a, a team that really got kind of a boost when they got uh, when they got Kyrie Irving back. Uh, Kyrie in in his first appearance after twenty missing twenty six games was absolutely phenomenal. And then uh, came alive uh, versus the Jazz last night. But once again, the Jazz showed how good they were because of a couple certain players. Jazz by nine. The defense really kicking in right now. Ingles deep three. Oh, jingling Joe Ingles from the right side. He sent that one from a different burrow. And of course, not only did Joe Ingles uh, participate, but then you also had uh, this guy who's been nothing but gold for the Utah Jazz. Double team, gives to Royce O'Neal, kicks to Bogdanovich, right corner, three, no. Gobert offensive rebound and then finds Bogdanovich cutting for the slam dunk. And Rudy rolls the other way with his hands out wide like he's flying a plane after a no-look dime to Boyan Bogdanovich that will win this one. And the Utah Jazz are going to win 10 straight ball games for the 11th time in franchise history, the 10th time since the franchise has been in Utah, and for only the second time since 2009. <laughs> David Luck on the call here. You can hear that game here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan, the Jazz do win it. 118-107 is your final score. Uh, this Jazz team has been on a roll. Donovan Mitchell did return after a one-game absence and suffering the illness. You could tell that he didn't have his energy with him. Uh, he was uh, three of thirteen going into the fourth quarter. He had uh, he had scored eleven points, and then all this, and then all of a sudden, I mean, he just went off, scoring fourteen in the fourth quarter and taking over very late in the stretch. Two very clutch drives to the hoop where he got the bucket and one uh, completed the three point plays. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic was great. He had eighteen for the Jazz. Joe Ingles matches career high for the sixth time. 27 points. He cannot get over that 27-point hump. Gobert, 22-18 and 18 on a night where, look, during this 10-game stretch, as good as the Jazz have been, and I think the conversation, Adam, I feel like it's come up more and more often that Gobert is becoming that all-star, which he's already been an all-star, but it's finally starting to kind of shine more so than it did before. Right, exactly. You know, I feel like this year, the conversation, especially with you have the fan vote where Alex Caruso is ahead of a lot of players, I feel like that's definitely given Rudy that, I don't know if you want to call it like a fighter's edge. You know, I feel like when he comes playing in, he really has something to prove where it's not just, hey, I'm a defensive stud. I can be an offensive weapon as well. So it's definitely helped the Jazz. It has helped the Jazz. You know, and another big thing that's helped the Jazz is Joe Ingles. Like, that guy has developed his game so much in such a, like, look, they used to force Joe Ingles to go right. Houston did it in the playoffs last year where Ingles could only go left, or if he went right, it turned into a disaster for him, and offensively he'd get stuck. So what did he do all offseason? He worked on going right. 
A guy at 32 where most stars become role players, Joel's becoming a star player. Right. And, and you see what he does when he comes off a screen. Look, he's the best pick and roll player right now in the league, and that, of course, does help when you have Rudy Gobert on the other side. But since December 1st, there are 111 players who attempt at least 75 threes. 110 of those players are shooting below 46.8 three-point percentage. Joe Ingles is the only one out of the 111 that have attempted at least 75 threes who is shooting above 46%. Right now, he's shooting 52.8. That's mind-boggling. That's, That's how amazing. good he is. That's how good he is. Uh, he, and, and of the baskets that he had, only three of his baskets were assisted. Now, you might say, well, that's that's more ball hoggish than anything. That's Kyrie Irving basketball. That's Russell Westbrook basketball, James Harden basketball. But the thing is, is that they wanted Joe Ingles to become a play creator. So instead of just like if he gets stuck going right, he instead worked on that weakness to become better. Now if he goes right, if it's a pick and roll or if he needs to create on his own, he's been able to do that by developing a floater. That floater, the one he had going with, uh, I think it was the right hand going to the hoop was just and off the glass was incredible. Yeah. Like he's gotten just so much more versatile this season and it's became such a huge weapon for the Jazz. Right, exactly. And I think that just kind of shows how how much Joe Ingles wants to be on this team. Cause I because I feel like in years past there's always kind of been like that. I wouldn't call it like a rumor, but it was a rumbling of maybe we should get rid of Joe. You know, he's only kind of been a three point shooter for us and kind of a quasi point guard with the pick and roll. But I feel like this year he's taken it to a whole new level. And it's just amazing to see how well he's um, starting, honestly. I think that was, a, that was a big change for the Jazz is when you have Joe Ingle starting because it just kind of brings that experience and um, that ability to the starting lineup. I just think it's fantastic. Joe was 10 of 14 last night. Of his, of his 10 baskets, three of them were assisted. The rest of them were him being a playmaker. And finding a way to score. Like I said, he'd use the floater. Sometimes, and by the way, teams, I don't know how the heck teams are not picking this up. When Joe is dribbling the ball up the floor, and he's got six feet of space because the his defender is like, oh yeah, he's got to drive to the hole to be able to create a bucket. You might want to go above the perimeter and actually guard the guy. Because he gets to the three-point line, he realizes that you're standing there scratching your butt. And he's like, I'll just pull up and hit him from here. I mean, he's just gotten so good at being a play creator and scoring without needing the help. Yep. And that's what made him so dangerous. And that's what helped the Jazz last night when Donovan was just struggling as much as he was. That was such a big part of the Jazz staying in it besides Rudy Gobert's big night. Right, and I think this is a good sign for the future where we don't need all of our players to be on top of their game. We can have games where Donovan Mitchell's not feeling it or Boyan's not feeling it. But then we have other studs like Rudy and Joe and Royce O'Neal if he can score. I don't know why he hasn't scored, but he's in a plus five margin. I don't know how that happens. Anyways, but then you have those players who can help the Jazz, and it's not just um, on Donovan. I think that's going to help tons in the playoffs once those roll around. Kyrie Irving had 32 points last night. Stephen High, season high, 11 assists. It was just the second game back from that shoulder injury where he missed 26 games. But what was really amazing is that the Jazz were able to withstand every run. Look, they were up by 20 at one point. Of course, Brooklyn made their run, which you knew they would at home. Uh, but it was so impressive the, the way the Jazz were able to respond in the fourth quarter. It was Joe, it was Bogdanovich, it was Gobert, it was Ingles. I mean, someone always had their chance to take their turn and, and just stop the run. 
right, put their hand back at the Brooklyn and create that space. Um, and that's one. I mean, you look back in November when they had that ugly stretch. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing is that they didn't have that help. It was almost like, oh, it's my turn. Now it's your turn. Now it's my turn. And instead, it's now everybody just saying, look, I can. I created this matchup here. I can go score. Or, you know what, let's create an opportunity for you, Donovan, to go to the top of the key, create a, a one-on-one matchup, go ISO and go to the hoop and score. Um and I thought Gobert did a great job of creating mismatches himself or looking for mismatches by finding somebody to go to with the pass. Uh, just really, really impressive. Jazz have now won 15 of 16. They are 18 and 0 versus teams under 500. Uh, and, and for the Nets, who are coming off their best de- uh, defensive performance of the season, uh, allowing a season lows in points and field goal percentage of 33% in that 108-86 win over Atlanta, Jazz are not Atlanta. Jazz are a totally different basketball team. In fact, they can never really get comfortable against the Jazz team who defensively gives you problems. And when I say this, I'm actually talking about Gobert. There was a play, um, and I'm sure people have already heard about it already, but there was a play where Brooklyn was going from you know left to right, and they were on the court. And I think Kyrie drove to the hoop. Gobert comes into the middle to squeeze it out. He gives to Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie then tries to go to the hoop. Gobert closes out that space. He pops out, and then he gave it to somebody else, and somebody tried to go from right to left to the middle of the key. Gobert came there, and and then all of a sudden he had to pull out and then try to fade away jump shot with like three on the shot clock and missed it. It's stuff like that that Gobert makes me say, if this guy's not an all-star, so help me. I will go absolutely ballistic. Right, yeah, and that's uh, just defensive player of the year. That's what great defensive players do. Um, I feel like th- I don't know where the Jazz would be without Rudy Gobert, honestly. We like to talk about how much Donovan Mitchell has meant to this team, but I feel like Rudy Gobert has really locked down um, opposing teams with um, helping his teammates out on defense because it really eliminates driving into the basket for the easy layup. If Rudy Gobert's there and he's ready for you, I mean, I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified to go up against Gobert, so I'd be begging to kick it out to the corner for threes and that, and that just forces a way harder shot. One of the big points in this game, I felt like, is uh, Dinwiddie, who was 0-4 from the free-throw line in the first half, uh, had a chance to tie it uh, when the, the Jazz accidentally hit the a ball that was tipped in into the basket, um, and I believe it was, I think it was Karuk, uh, Karukas or something like that, well, he was giving credit for the field goal, and then Brook- and Brooklyn had Dinwiddie go to the line for a second time, and uh, and he missed he missed two free throws, and this is when the Jazz were leading 45-43. So then Ingles comes to her side, and this is what I was talking about. Ingles comes up the court, far side, takes like four dribbles across the timeline. Nobody's even guarding him. I mean, they're just standing there waiting for him to go to the hoop. I don't know how you do that. I, 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 that's exactly right. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league right now. So instead, he just pulls up and he hits it. That's the great thing about Joe is not only is he becoming uh, just a, you know, a spot-up shooter, but a pull-up shooter as well. And he's doing a great job being able to read on the offensive side. And this is what makes him and Rudy Gobert so good is when he's able to read screens going under and going over when to roll with it, and when to just stop, step over the screen, hit a jumper. He's been a great mid-range shooter. Anyways, Ingles hits that three. It's the first of his three, and it goes on a 14-2 run for the Jazz. They take a 14-point lead going into half. I mean, that's how good this Jazz team is getting. My question to you, though, Adam, come this stretch, because we know it's coming. Two questions for you. One, 
Does things change when that schedule gets really daunting from January 25th to February 25th when they got Dallas twice, Houston twice, Denver twice, Portland twice, San Antonio twice, and then they get Boston, Washington, and Cleveland? Um, does things change then? And my other question is, what help can Mike Conley bring into a Jazz team that's already humming? So to answer your first question, I definitely think a lot of these games we're going to be seeing are going to be a lot closer. Um, the only really game that I'm worried about in the next seven, eight game stretch is our game. Well, actually two games. We got our game with Houston and Denver. Those are the only really two games I'm worried about just because those teams have um, really shown up to play this regular season. So those are the only games I'm worried about. I think with all the other teams and games we're going to be playing. I think we can I think we can handle them. They're going to be a lot closer cuz these are going to be better quality opponents obviously. And um going to Conley. Oh man, I I really want to see him succeed here in Utah. Yeah. But yeah. you know, if we're comparing to how he played um before this hamstring injury or this extended period of time where he's not playing, it's interesting to see how he was so, I feel like, inconsistent. You know, maybe he would go for a 22-point game here, but then he would only go for four the next game. And that's the thing that drives me most about this, is, like, that's not something you expect from a starter. That's something you expect from a bench player. And so with the starting lineup that we have now with the Jazz, I feel much more comfortable having them play through the next stretch of games that are going to be harder than I would to insert Mike Conley here now. Um, I definitely think that Mike Conley will step up his game, especially later in the season once we get closer to the playoffs. And I think he's going to have to because he has that uh, playoff experience. Well, not playoff experience, but he has that experience in the league. Um, so having him will help. But I don't know if as soon as he's ready to play that he starts. I think he has, I feel like he has to um, come off the bench and earn those minutes away from the starters who have done so good with these past 15, 16 games. Speaking of being ready to start and ready to play, you just now get ready for New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans, where it was rumored that Zion Williamson would be making his NBA regular season debut. Hold the phone. Check that. Now it's been reported by the New Orleans Pelicans that Zion Williamson will not play on uh, tomorrow night. He will play on January 22nd versus the San Antonio Spurs. So you're going to have to wait about, well, exactly a week from today longer to see Zion Williamson make his NBA debut. Remember, he played against the Jazz, and then he tore, I guess, what, did he tear his meniscus? Is that right? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I remember hearing he was the torn meniscus. meniscus. Uh, and, so he'll, uh, and so he's been resting this whole time. So really, he hasn't played a meaningful basketball game, Adam, since the Elite Eight when they lost to Michigan State. It's been that long. Yeah, and that's crazy. And he still has tons of hype around him. Yeah. I think that just shows what a good player and such a transcendent player he is. Um, but I think he's going to definitely have to change his game in the NBA if he's going to stand a chance or if he's going to make a long extended period run in the NBA. Because just the way because he plays, you can do it. You can get away with overpowering people in the college game because you are more athletic and stronger than a lot of the people there, especially in his case where he's a big guy and he has that skill too. But in the NBA, everybody's that good. It's, I feel like he he has to change, um, maybe not the way he plays, but the way um, he how he plays, um, where he's not putting so much stress on his body, especially if he's thinking about a long term future. He definitely has to change because you know I don't. You want, can't go that hard. Yeah, like you got to be able to pace yourself. Right, exactly, and it just just 
I feel like the, how big he is. I don't know how how much weight he's gained since not playing or anything like that. But that just must destroy your knees. Honestly, that'd be that'd be rough because he's not going he's not going easy either. He is gonna destroy whoever gets in his way, and also in that process, that's gonna hurt him too. Looking at some numbers for the Utah Jazz in this 10-game winning streak, check this out. Their team offensive rating is right now 122. It's the highest-scoring team over the last 10 games. Uh, their offensive rating measures the amount of points scored per 100 possessions by a team. No other team in the NBA has a rating over 120 since December 26th. That's amazing. That I belongs really, to the Utah Jazz. I, you know, I think the schedule helps with that, but then I also think that's just showing how the Jazz are coming together as a team as compared to the beginning of the season where we are scratching our head about what's going along, what's going wrong with some of the games that we are playing. And then I also think that trade for Jordan. That changed oh my gosh, everything. It's everything. You know, yep. he's undefeated since coming to the Jazz. Well, it's not. Gosh, dang it. Oh, dang it. I said it. it. Oh, dang it. I know. I'm just so cautious because I was like, we got to keep it going. Because really, you need the win over New Orleans. You need the win over Sacramento, Indiana, and Golden State. Because after that, you're not guaranteed wins over Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Denver, Portland, Denver, Portland, Houston, Dallas, Miami, San Antonio, Houston. Yeah. That is brutal. That Those. is from January 25th to February 22nd, and then you have Phoenix at home, but then you get Boston at home, Washington after that. I mean, there is just no give in that schedule at yeah, all, that's, in that stretch. That's the earn your paycheck period for the season for the Especially Jazz. for Mike Conley, by the way. When he comes back, which I think he'll come back for that stretch, that's where he's going to need to earn it. Yep. The uh, 61.6 uh, team, uh, team true shooting percentage, which by the way, takes into account field goals, three-pointers, and free throws. That leads the league right now for the Utah Jazz. They're 40% uh, percent, uh, team three-point three, team three shooting percentage right now is the best three-point shooting team since their winning streak began. No other team has been average above 40%. That. And they're at 40.2. <laughs> uh, Jordan Clarkson, you just talked about him, is 15 points per game right now. Uh is let's see since joining the Jazz he's won ten and hasn't lost as you mentioned he's averaging fifteen points off the bench, uh and then by the way as a sub that leads the Western Conference. That's amazing. That's that amazing. leads the Western Conference currently in the last ten games. Yep, that's fantastic. I can't believe I I didn't know who this guy was when he was I coming know. to Utah. I'm with you. I knew who he was. I didn't think he'd be that helpful for us. Uh, Joe Ingles three point uh, shooting percentage of fifty two point nine. Over the last 10 games, Joe's made 36 threes while having five games where he hit at least four. (laughs) Rudy Gobert's rebounds per game right now at 15. Uh, He's averaging the second most rebounds a game over the last 10 while continuing his double-double dominance, notching seven in the last 10 games. The team's 50% team field goal percentage right now uh, has been very efficient for the team, of course, during their streak. In fact, their team field goal percentage leads the league since the day after Christmas. Their 116 point, uh, six, uh, team points per game is the sixth highest per game points average over the last 10 games. And of course, their 12.4 team plus minus as of right now during their 10 game run, the Jazz have won their games by an average of that, which is tied for the second most in the league over that 10 game stretch. Sorry, uh, just looking at... No, the, I about choked too and I read those stats. Oh my goodness. Um, just looking at this recent stretch, it, I don't want to jinx us, but it feels warrior dominance-esque. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. No, wait, no, it does. I'm, I got you. I, I feel like, especially with our three-point shooting, that just opens up the floor like crazy. And that's what Golden State would do to you. They would they would take those crazy deep threes, and then that spreads out the defense, and then that opens up the lanes for those easy layups. Uh, I feel like that's what Quinn Snyder's going for, is making it easy to go get the easy points. So you maybe got to make a difficult three-pointer here and there, but in all reality, that's just going to help you get those easy layups later in the game when things get closer and teams want to stop you from shooting the three. By the way, I cannot say enough again. I got to remind everybody how good Mitchell was in that fourth quarter. Again, he only he was 3 of 13 in the first half. Found just got a second breath of win. I don't know where he got it from. And all of a sudden, he scores 14 of his 25 in the second half. He had five of his last two shots, including back-to-back buckets of going to the hoop, getting the foul and the bucket itself. Uh I mean, twice I see once he went under uh Kyrie went under a pick and roll, so he stopped back. He went the other way and pulled the trigger. The uh, next one, he they saw that he uh, they tried to deny one side, so he went the other way with the drive on the right hand and got the bucket. The next one, they started to switch on the screens, and that's when Donovan Mitchell, his eyes just lit up. He's like, oh, you're going to switch? I'll take this matchup all day. And he called for it twice. Coach called a play. Donovan one time, I don't know if you noticed this, but he waves him off, and he says, hold on got the switch, took the guy to the uh, hoop, and then got the bucket in the foul. And Quinn just kind of points at Dom and says, yeah, okay, yeah, that's okay. cool. That works as well. <laughs> I, Go ahead. I feel like that just shows how much Donovan has grown. I feel like maybe last year in his rookie year, if he didn't start off the game on fire, then there goes the rest of the game. But I feel like now that he has teammates who are able to help him offensively, he can rest until the fourth quarter when he is really needed. Um, there was something, I don't know the exact stat off my head, but – with these past few wins, a lot of them have come in the clutch. Like, aren't we like the second or third best team in the clutch? Bingo, yep. Yeah. So I feel like that helps with Donovan where he doesn't have to carry us all through the four quarters of the game. He can save it. He can score in all four quarters of the game, but he can really turn it on in the third or in the fourth. And that just really shows how much this team has improved as a whole uh, so that Donovan doesn't have to do everything. Yeah, I cannot agree more. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, we're going to talk Region 11 high school basketball with a special guest who can do it better than we can. That's why we actually have the experts coming in and do just that. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. I'm Avdi Salvas at 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Audrey oh, Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan, Adam, the intern, is joining me as well. Him and Gabby, the intern, do great work. We aren't going to give you the last names because you don't need their last names. I like just calling you Adam, the intern. I'm curious. I should set up a Twitter account called Adam, the intern. You should. That'd be hilarious. I'd like oh, that. Oh, dude, and your profile would be just the intern. Just the intern. That's all you would say. Yep. You'd be the most mysterious Twitter profile ever. Be fantastic. I think that could get a lot of traction. Maybe we'll have to set that up. I like your thinking. This is why you're an intern. You know, I can't take credit for that. I got to give that to Matt Hyde in case he's listening. He told me that might be a good idea. Matt's not listening. He's shoveling snow. Quick shout out to me. No, he's not. No. I guarantee you she's not even listening to us. No, Matt doesn't care. I don't know about that. Uh, Hey, we're going to talk some Region 11 basketball here, and we're grateful to have a special guest join us. Uh, Coach Terrell Baldwin is a uh, basketball enthusiast, and especially in the game of high school, he's one of the greatest coaches to ever come out of the Valley. His son... 
Baldwin Jr. Can I call him Baldwin Jr.? Do it. Probably not a good idea, huh? Nah, we'll let him it. introduce himself here. Uh, is going to join us to talk some Regional 11 basketball, both boys and girls. We're going to give respect to both. Uh, go through standings, uh, rankings, just his thought process, and break it down a little bit. Our guest, introduce yourself. Um, hi. Okay, let's start with your name. Tyler <laughs> yeah, Baldwin. Um, I'm Hello. Tyler Baldwin, son of Coach Terrell Baldwin, like Ajay said. Hi, Paul Tyler. <laughs> Um, oh, this isn't an AA meeting? Dang it. Oh, dang yeah, sorry. It. Don't let me shut your mic off, Adam, the intern. Oh, okay. Be respectful. I uh, no. it was just the intern. Just the intern. <laughs> just the intern. No, no we, we got to have the We got to have the intern. We got to do. We got to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Tyler, going to join us here. Tyler, uh, let's, let's start with this. Uh, Region 11 boys basketball is already uh, underway. Skyview, Ridgeline, both at 1-0. Ridgeline with a big win over Green Canyon. Logan's also 1-0. Bear River, Green Canyon Mountain Crest at 0 and 1. Skyview overall 10 and 2 on the season. What have you uh, seen so far uh, out of Region 11 boys basketball? Um, I've only been able to go to um, one of Skyview's games, and that was I got to talk to voice of the Bobcats, John Newbold, about um, the Bobcats' performance so far this year. And I don't know if they can come into Region stronger than they have. They're coming into Region, or they came into Region, excuse me, nine and two on the season. Um, obviously, um, one and zero oh, um, in region now, and you know they just have some amazing contributors that um, their opponents just can't stop. Their first is um, Mason Falslev, who is who led the his team to a state championship earlier this year in the football, um, which was an amazing performance by him. And now to see him do so well um, in basketball under under the helm of Kirk Hilliard. Um, it is amazing to see Skyview succeed like they have. What about the RPI rankings? Where do they stand out right now? Okay, so Skyview is actually first in the RPI, the latest ones um, off the UHSAA.org. Skyview is one. Um, Dixie is right behind them, and Hurricane is trailing Dixie. Um, there's the top three. Um, our next in Valley or in region school, I guess, they're technically out of the Valley, is in fifth place, Bear River. Um, and right behind them, we have Ridgeline. And then in 11th place, we have Green Canyon. A little further down the list, we have 15th Logan. Um, and that, that it, and then at 21st, um, 1 and 10 on the season, Mount Crest is the last place in the RPI. Let me get your thoughts. Uh, I, I get, I'm kind of guessing that you actually understand this RPI a little bit better than I do. What is your thoughts on this RPI system so far? Like, um, I hate it. Um, so far, um, I haven't really been able to understand it because they kind of change it with every sport. Um, so it's very hard to get a full grasp on it because it does change every season. Um, but the the overall effect has been very positive. For the state as what I have heard and what the feedback that I have heard from state um, officials and referees and coaches alike. Um, sometimes it is frustrating because it's it's a tradition that you you place a lot of value on region games that you're placing for state. And the RPI almost takes away the, the value going into state of your region games because every game's worth um, essentially the same amount of points. Well, Carol, let's look at the girls' side of basketball. By the way, boys' game's going on tonight. Don't forget about that. Uh, you have uh, – what's our boys' schedule tonight? Do All right, today we have Green Canyon at Mountain Crest. So Green Canyon goes into that game 7-6 and six on the season. Uh, Mountain Crest, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, goes in 1-10 and 10 on the season. 
Logan, this is a big rivalry game for them. Logan at Skyview. This rivalry started um, because head co- Logan's head coach, um, Logan Brown, coached at Skyview um, with Kirk Hilliard under under um, my dad, Terrell Baldwin, um, a few years, well, many years ago now, I guess. Um, Skyview goes into that game 10-2, and two, and um, so far they have been unstoppable. I will mention, though, Skyview's um, losses. Um, one of them that I saw was a complete blowout. I think it might have been by Timpview. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they had back-to-back loss. I think the Corner Canyon and Timview. Right, and Timview blew them um, just completely out of the water. Um, I'm looking at it here, and it was, um, let's see, Corner Canyon, they got beat by almost 20, and then they had Timview, they got beat by 30. Um, and th- those stats are coming right off of Max Preps as well. Um, and th- there are the only two losses, and they are not back-to-back, though. They did have a win against Harriman by 8. Um, in between the two losses that they've had on the season. All right, so uh, don't forget about those games. And also we have girls' games and girls' basketball going on right now. Last night they had a couple of games, and you brought up something really interesting. Three teams in this region have identical records. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Mount Crest, Skyview, and Bear River are all 6-8 and eight on the season. Um, I... I uh, it's very interesting. I You don't see this very often going... Into the uh, going into the region standings, you just there's very rarely teams who are very neck and neck. Uh, and where we have six teams in the valley, you know, everyone this year with the RPI does go to state, so it's not like they're going to be battling out for um, fourth place, but it is still going to be interesting because uh, Mount Crest, Skyview, and Bear River are all six and eight on the season, but um, in region. They kind of got separated a little bit in there. Mount Crest and Bear River are both 0-2 in region. And Skyview, who is 6-8 tied um, coming into region, is now 1-1 in region. And what was uh, Ridgeline's record again? Ridgeline was 10-4 on the season and um, 8-4 coming into region. And they've done some amazing, amazing things. Um, this year as a basketball team, they did not get the start that they wanted, but I think now that um, their head coach has um, and their big number 53 down low, um, Emma Anderson, um, and the Jenks, um, she, they have all been able to come together, find out who how they want to play, what their identity is going to be this season, and overall just totally, um, totally succeed in region ball. Um, one of the biggest region games who um, that they played to start their region was Green Canyon High School um, under head coach Alexis Bird. And um, Green Canyon did lose that game in a heartbreaker, but man, Ridgeline played amazing. I was at that game. I had a um, I was fortunate to be part of that game um, down on the table, and it was just amazing to see the energy there in the stadium um, or the um, gym gymnasium there. And it was amazing to see just how Ridgeline and Green Canyon, I could see them coming coming pretty close um, for for the state title at the end of the year, if not um, state title, but also for the region title at the end of the title, um, at the end of the region plan, furthermore, at the end of the season. So it's really interesting. Uh, Tyler Baldwin here joining us, uh, son of Coach Baldwin, who... Uh, and Tyler's going to be with us. We're, we're thinking about making this a weekly segment uh, to talk regional and basketball because he, I feel like he does a better job than I do about it. Uh, but I look at, you know, how it's funny where region play is and then all of a sudden when state tournament comes, 
who who really is that good. Like right. for example, Logan ends up in the state playoff. They lose on a buzzer beater to Bonneville last year in boys basketball. Ridgeline oh, yeah. girls basketball. I mean, if it weren't for a home court advantage, and I'm going to say that frankly, because playing Cedar in Cedar was such an unfair right. advantage for for the Ridgeline girls to have to be part of. And granted to them, they actually showed up and and darn near won that thing. But you know. You know, and Ajay, me and you were there. We were at yeah. all those games last year together. Me and my dad actually went down to those games. And um, one thing to note about you get talking about region basketball, Skyview went in as a fourth place team. Fourth, they took fourth in region and ended up winning the state title last year in boys basketball. And so that's kind of where the RPI came into play is that um, they felt that they needed a better ranking system. And that, and I remember that because I, and I've told the story a couple of times that when they lost that night, I believe, to Logan and Bear River won and it knocked Skyview to fourth place, the Juan Diego athletic director was waiting for a result from that Skyview game. When he got the result and found out they were playing Skyview, he was livid, absolutely livid right. that he said, we are practically playing a one seed at home in yeah. the first round. Yeah. And that's what they've. That's what the state has introduced this RPI system to do. Um, I feel that Skyview could have easily, if they didn't make some um, silly mistakes um, down the stretch of region play last year, they could have easily um, challenged Green Canyon for the region title. Credit to Green Canyon um, under head coach Dan McClure. There, um, they they were led by Nate Corey and Carter Barish and Dewey Panter. Um, and all the seniors last year who did amazing. But, you know, Skyview just made some very silly errors down the stretch of region play last year, giving up ultimately the region title. But, you know, also, who knows what that did for them in state. That could have really helped them in state going in as a number four seed, but playing as a number one. Yeah, that's a good point. And by the way, they ended up getting kind of the, I mean, with the exception of Juan Diego, I feel like Skyview had a cakewalk through the rest of the next yeah. game. With the And by the way, Bear River proved to be a very worthy opponent in the state championship. Do have you do you know where the state championship will be held this year? State time? championship this year, me, me and Ajay will be traveling to um, Weber State University. Oh, and it's at the D Event Center. It is. And one thing to note is actually the first and second rounds, however, are held at home site. And so this That's year right. instead of doing second That's round right. with quarter and semis and championships at the neutral event, this year because of every team going to state, they are doing First and second rounds at home site. And in fact, I have the dates on those. It is February 19th and February 22nd um, will be the first and second rounds. And then once the teams make it through um, those first two um, games, then they will proceed the following weekend, the 27th through 29th, I believe, um, to the D event center. <laughs> That's that's good stuff. That that's actually kind of fun that they're doing home site basketball. I think that's going to be better for uh, at least for the four A class, especially for uh, fans who want to be able to travel. Right. And it, I don't know if it really helps the cost of traveling what they were trying to take away, but it, I think just based in playoff atmosphere's sake, I think it's better that they do it this way. Well, and I remember there was there was a few years ago when um, Logan had to get two playing games and then upset Orem. And then we played Mount Crest in the in the quarters, I believe. And I remember it was at the Weber, it was at the D Event Center. And because it was closer than say Cedar, like last year, Logan actually bust students down to those games. Mm. And it was very interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see this year if um, you know, if Skyview can make a run at it once again, or if um Green Canyon Girls can make a run at it. And 
you know, frankly, I wouldn't put Green Canyon boys out of the run either because last year they got they got slaughtered their first their first region game and they came back and won it. Much to the credit of Dan McClure and being able to adjust how he played and who played where and being able to re reassess their practice needs there. All right. So to recap for the schedule for everyone tonight, uh, Bear River will host Ridgeline, and you can hear that game for the Bear River broadcast on 104.9 FM in Box Hiller County. Uh, for Ridgeline with Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger, it's 104.5 FM. Tommy Sorensen and Logan Jones will be on the call for Bear River. Skyview tonight will be hosting Logan, which means John Newble will be on the call for that game. Uh, you can hear it on 610 AM KVNU. And then for Skyview, you can hear for 106.9 FM 1390 AM, the fan right here on this very station. Uh, Green Canyon will get will be at Mountain Crest tonight. And so uh, AJ Knight will be on the call for this game. It'll, it'll be simulcast as well. Uh, Green Canyon signal is 100.9 FM. Mountain Crest is on 107.7 FM. If you have any, uh, if you need remembrance of that uh, in those streams, you can go ahead and go to cashvalleydaily.com. Go to the local high sports, uh, local high school sports schedule, and you'll see the uh, attachment to the bar. Click on the link, and then you'll see all the games, the schedules in its entirety, and the streams as well. Tyler, so thanks so much for your time, man. Hope to do it again soon. Yep. That's Tyler Baldwin. That's the uh, Region 11 count uh, recap or preview. I guess it's a recap and a preview in itself as we recap girls basketball and preview boys basketball. Tower does a great job, and we're grateful for him spending uh, a few minutes of his uh, evening with us. All right, now coming up here on the Full Court Press, Utah State announces their new offensive coordinator. Kind of a surprising choice, but there's a reason why. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. I'm Abdi Salveston, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Ajay Salson here on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, and the Fan 448. Your time as we close up the first hour. Uh, big announcements coming out of Utah State University. They announced their uh, OC. The new offensive coordinator for the Utah State Aggies, and of course, no surprise here, it's going to be out of North Texas, and he who only spent one year there, and also of Eastern Washington, it is Brody Reeder. As the new offensive coordinator... Uh, for the Utah State Aggies. And in addition to that, they've also uh, uh, given some new roles to a couple other guys. Justin Enna will no longer be the uh, defensive coordinator. Justin Enna will be moved to inside linebackers coach. The defensive coordinator will be shared now by Stacy Collins and Frank Male, um, who will both uh, take uh, roles in that. Collins will coach the secondary. Male will coach the defensive line. Uh, and Mike Caputo uh, will move to the offensive side of the ball and coach the tight ends. As we already mentioned, Justin Enna will coach the inside linebackers. Boje uh, will coach the outside linebackers. And uh, Mike, or, me, Mark Orphy will uh, coach the secondary roles uh, that they served in the 2019 season for the Utah State Aggies. Um, there's going to be a press conference tomorrow, which will take place at 11 a.m. You can live stream that uh on the Mountain West Network. We'll have that press conference um, in its entirety shared here on the Full Court Press. Uh, kind of a packed show tomorrow. Really packed show now if you if you look at it now. We don't forget, Con Smith will join us about 5 o'clock tomorrow, top of the hour. Uh, we'll get into uh, with him fishing stories and stories about him being an assistant with Bobby Knight. And that can I can only imagine what those stories will sound like in the edit button that we'll need to use. 
Uh, speaking of uh, Brody Reader, he uh, comes to Utah State after serving as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, both at North Texas for one year in 2019 and Eastern Washington from 2017 to 18. He also spent three seasons from 14 to 16 as the offensive quality control coach at Oklahoma State and four seasons as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Wisconsin Stout. Uh, Reader began his collegiate coaching career as a graduate assistant at Eastern Illinois in 2010. As the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at North Texas this past season, the Mean Green averaged 30 uh, points and ranked 27th in the country, second in Conference USA in passing yards per game at 283. He also, uh, excuse me, the North Texas Mean Green also led the Conference USA with 33 touchdown passes, ranked 15th nationally, uh, while his points per game average was the fourth best in the league. And now while at Eastern Washington, Reader helped the Eagles reach a football championship in the uh, FCS title game in 2018 after winning the Big Sky Championship. And then also that same year, they averaged 528 yards, 43 points per game, ranked third and fourth in the nation at the FCS level, respectively. Uh, And then in 17, uh, Eastern Washington was eighth in the FCS in passing at 320 and fifth in total offense at 476 uh, with about 34.5 points per game, which was... uh, uh, 14th in the FCS level and 11th in third time conversions at 46%. What a hire for the Utah State Aggies and some major moves as Justin Enna will be moved to inside linebackers coach and Frank Male and Stacey Collins will now serve as co-defensive coordinators. We'll take a break, come back, wrap up the first hour. We'll get into this more in the second hour and we'll also get into some season-ending notes of the Utah State football Aggies and later in the uh, towards the end of the second hour as well. I'm RJ Salves, and you listen to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Daryl's Appliance provides the best repair service. Daryl's techs are trained to pre-diagnose your repair problem before they arrive at your home, so it can be completed on their first trip. As a plus, Daryl's parts department is stocked from A to Z for you do-it-yourselfers. And Daryl's has used parts to save you money. Dishwasher baskets, bake elements, microwave trays, and more. For sales and service since 1970, it's Daryl's Appliance, west on Airport Road. This is Dan at the Sports Academy. Experience the Sports Academy difference this new year in our new remodeled locker rooms. Try our new indoor cycling room with brand new bikes. Looking for the best group fitness classes? Choose from over 100 weekly classes including high fitness, Zumba, and yoga. Come and check out the expanded weight room with the new 6,000 square foot functional training room. Start the new year at the newly renovated Sports Academy. Your club, your results, your life. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Ajay Salton here on the Full Court Press. Adam, the intern, joins us as well. We want to thank Tyler Baldwin for joining us to talk Region 11 basketball. Really, really good stuff. Uh, hey, I just want you to know, I went 3-for-3 three three on my Region 11 Don't. Picks. You didn't even care. You didn't even care. So don't even try to take ta- credit no, for that. I, what are you talking about? No. I, can take, I can take credit for it. It's on air. I went 3-for-3. Three three. Don't even try to take credit for that. I Give will. me a break. I will. For as much <laughs> as I don't know much yeah, about for, you for just much much a wild guess. Region 11. I don't know. I'm biased. Why are you asking me? I shouldn't even be yelling this segment. What are you talking about? I, would, I was undefeated. I... I feel like I got a good future in this. 
Coming, you do actually. Coming up on the Full Court Press, we'll get into more of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Aggie Football. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press, 106.7 FM. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Carolina Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley retired on Tuesday. He had a wonderful career, seven Pro Bowl appearances in eight years, five-time first-team All-Pro, and the 2013 Defensive Player of the Year. Unfortunately, we won't remember just the good things with Keekley. He suffered one of the more notable concussions in recent football history. He was carted off the field crying uncontrollably after suffering a head injury in 2016. Concussions haven't really been front and center in the coverage of the NFL lately. The movie, Concussion with Will Smith, came and went. This year has been all about the great TV ratings and the sport seems to be thriving. But Keekley's decision to retire at 28 is a reminder of how dangerous head injuries still are. Even with the league changing the rules to protect players, the sport will never be totally safe. It's one of the dilemmas of being a football fan. We root like crazy, but we also have to hope that players we love, like Luke Keekley, have long, healthy lives. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise. 